Now, you'll notice some reasons as to why cell groups are needed. The reason we're going to use cell group is because it's going to be a technical term to describe this phenomenon I'm talking about. And it's somewhat different than the historic understanding of small groups that we often have. Now, the reasons that are listed there for you on your notes are fairly obvious, right? Okay, let's move to the next point. When I say cell group, I mean it to, to, to be a disciple-making community. Now, when I say disciple-making community, I, I mean it in a sense of a small group of people, anywhere from 3 to 12, where they experience the life of Christ in their midst. They are a community. They practice the one another's of the body. And so they experience that kind of dynamic of life together. They see their own lives being transformed by God as they, as they worship and pray and edify each other. And their lives are changed. They become more like Christ. In that sense, they're a community. But it is not just exclusively for themselves. They, are, they become mobilized and have a mission in their spheres of influence outside. And they make disciples of not yet Christians within their spheres of influence so that more people are coming to know Christ and becoming functioning parts of these disciple-making communities that we're calling cell groups. So you can see that when I'm using the term cell group, we're talking about a much more comprehensive picture than we normally think about when we think about a home Bible study. In the context of a cell group, they can experience the functions of a church so that the purposes of the church are accomplished. Now, just a couple of, of, of scriptural bases of these things that we, in, in the great commandment that we find in Matthew 22 that's listed on your notes, that we are at loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind and loving our neighbors ourselves. That's a very generic command. And yet Jesus said all the law and the prophets can hang on those two commands. The second is the Great Commission. Because I believe the purpose of any group or program needs to make a direct contribution to the making of more and better disciples or it's something the church ought not to be doing. And you're well familiar with the, the one another verses, and I just listed a few of them on your notes. Have you ever considered the fact that most of the New Testament cannot be obeyed in a large group? Most of the commands in the New Testament can only be obeyed in the context of a small group. Take, for instance, uh, James 5.16. When is the last time you obeyed that in your worship service? If you want to have an awkward experience, just read James 5.16 in your worship service and then say, okay, who's going to go first? It'll be a most awkward moment. In fact, could be one of your last days as a leader in that church. <laughs> Only in the context of a safety of a small group can that biblical command be practiced. I'll leave it to you to look at the rest of those verses on your own. What are the elements you find in a, in a, in a cell group? I would suggest to you this basic principle. I would suggest that the cell group is in microcosm what the body of Christ is in macrocosm. And so you'll see the components of the church can be carried out in the context of a small unit of church called cell group. And I, I'm basing this from Max chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. And I see seven key words there that, that, that lay the foundation for what cell groups are all about. The first word is teaching, which is 
learning and applying God's Word. Now, you realize, of course, that one of the problems that we have in the Christian church is that we educate believers beyond their obedience. We give them more and more knowledge without checking to see whether they actually live it out in their life. There's a pastor I heard about in, I think, Argentina, and uh, he had the courage to, yeah. to practice this model of not giving people more knowledge than they're willing to live. After the time of, of worship, he simply got up for the sermon time, and he said, Jesus said, love one another, and he sat down. The next week, after the praise and praise time, he got up for the sermon, and he said, love one another. And he sat down. After the third week, they say, Pastor, aren't you going to give us anything more? Not until you do the first thing. No reason to give you more until you're willing to live out what you already know. I'm not sure I'm telling the story exactly right, but that's, that's the gist of it. One of the keys of, of disciples is that they are committed to obey. The second key word is fellowship, which talks about a deep sharing with one another. That's the essence of it. Worship. You remember in Acts chapter 2, they were committed to the breaking of bread and to pr- breaking of bread, which I take as a communion. And then in verse 46, it talks about they were praising God. So I've picked a more general term to describe those functions called worship. The fourth is, is prayer. And one thing that I have found that is, that is a foundational for all the effective cell groups that I've, I've seen is prayer. In, the, uh, in one church in Korea... Prayer is the absolute foundation of what they do. Here is their pattern for a cell group. They first have about 15 minutes of Bible teaching. The pastor teaches the cell group leaders what they're supposed to teach. That type of of directive kind of stuff uh, fits well to the Korean culture. That probably wouldn't go over real well here. But Then they have two circles of prayer. And they go to each person and say, what can we pray for you in your life right now? And they pray for this one. Then they go to the next one and say, what can we pray for you about? Then the whole group prays for that person. Then Then they go to the next one and do the same thing, all the way around the circle. Then they do a second circle of prayer. And they say, how can we pray for a non-Christian that you're reaching out to? Every person in the cell group has responsibility to reach out to to a certain group of people. And they're to know when there's like a new baby that's born in that network of people or when there's a job promotion or some other kind of of situation. And they're they're commissioned to see needs and meet them. So like they might bring some soup over for the family when someone is sick. The cell group members will offer prayer where appropriate. Say, can I pray that your child will get better? And if they say yes, they'll just pray briefly. Then they'll say, I have a group of Christian friends that also will pray. Is it okay if I share this need with them so that they would pray with me as well? And so that's the type of thing that they may be praying for. And every single person gets prayed for, for their relationships with non-Christians or some need in the non-Christian circles that are there. Everybody has a prayer. And then their meeting is done. This is a church that has grown by 20 to 25 percent per year, every year for, for about 20 years. Diese Gemeinde wächst jährlich exclusively um through new converts. In fact, in that church, they expect every cell group to bring two new converts into their group in the course of a year. In fact, a cell group that doesn't see two new converts coming into their group and a new apprentice leader raised up, the pastor assumes that something must be wrong, so they send that cell group leader to Prayer Mountain to get their life right with God. <laughs> 